not feeling scotchy. Yeah. Like tipsy or anything. Sure. I'm not feeling that much either. It just worries me because maybe that means it's going to just hit me later. Also, maybe that means the show sucks. I I mean, the tradition is first hour is really good literary discussion. Second hour is just complete garbage. You're literally talking about a a discussion that is one month old <laughs> because that is how long we have done the, this split of two episodes. No, but like even when we did both That's hours true. together. That's true. The first was, hour is really good discussion yeah. and, and then the, last the second hour is insanity. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> proving that no one should have listened to the first hour. Right, right. I'm pretty sure for our first like three episodes, three or four episodes, people just listened to the first hour, if uh-huh. they listened at all. Uh-huh. And then we're like, all right, I've got all I need. Uh-huh. Like the one guy I met in a coffee shop. If you're still listening, that's awesome. I'm very happy. Oh, wait, are we recording now? But yeah, we are. You <laughs> okay. know, I, I, I hit record, so it's happening. Well, I, I don't know. I get that, but however much we're using. But no, yeah, no. But whatever. Okay. Uh, but uh, if yeah, so he probably listened to like the first hour of us talking about East of Eden, and then was like, "Okay, this is this is boring. I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> and he missed. He missed us. All of whatever crazy. happened in the second hour, which I don't remember because yeah, that that was is that was the other thing three? about the second hour. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I don't even remember reading East of Eden to be frank. That's a problem. That You're gonna have to reread that. Problem. Frank. And it's 601 pages. It is. 601. I remember making that explicit claim in that episode. 601. I see. Yeah. Anyway, uh, welcome to Michael and Ethan in a Room with Scotch. Welcome I'm Michael back, Lilienthal. Welcome back. And I'm back. Ethan Bartlett. Yes, my guest, Ethan Bartlett. We are Hi. in a room that has Scotch in it. Dalhwini, 15 year. We're drinking that. Uh, and as traditional for one month, we are <laughs> we are super just the... like destroyed right now. Yep, because we've been drinking scotch for the past two, two weeks. weeks straight, uh, which has not only been unhealthy but expensive. Super expensive. Like, like we kept having to buy these is... bottles of single malt. Right. This has been like fourteen bottles of Dalwini fifteen year. But Wait, you've only been doing one bottle a day? One bottle a day, if, if, at that, minimum. Where did all that other Dalwini 15 year come from? That was... Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, anyway. anyway. So, we are talking this month about Raised High the Boot Roof Beam Carpenters and Seymour an Introduction by J.D. Salinger. If you listened to part one of this episode, which is episode six of this podcast... Uh, then you can continue here. If you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen yeah, to that. Yeah, because none of this, this is, is really going to make silly. any sense. Why would you start listening to a podcast with an episode that is labeled part two? Yeah, you dumb butt. That's maybe you, a little harsh. You were a, no, they started listening to an episode that said part two right That's on true. it. That's true. Granted, but all of why our episodes... Why does their butt have to be dumb? Maybe their butt is really smart. It's, maybe it's their brain that's dumb. It's a dumb. synecdoche... Okay. If their butt is dumb, all of them, all of is, them dumb. is dumb. Because okay. their butt That's is what drags them around and they sit on. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they sit on the dumb part of them. Yes. Which makes them all dumb. Exactly. They sit on the dumb. It's like a dumb button. They sit And when dumb. you sit on it, it activates the button and it goes through all of you. Thank you for explaining synecdoche. So all of you Wait. English 101 <laughs> Wait, students the... can go back 
and, and tell your teachers. The part, get the part about the definition of synecdoche that involves a button. <laughs> a button. always a button. There's a, always a button in synecdoche. Synecdoche means button. <laughs> and that's from a man who is fluent in ancient Greek. <laughs> um... <laughs> You know, I feel like we had too many seconds of the last two episodes of us just laughing, so let's stop that. Okay. <laughs> Nobody likes that's... to listen to other people laugh. I kind of do. Okay. I kind of do. For you, I'll keep it in. I mean, like, if it if it's a performance, like, if it's a, you know, a, a show, like, I wouldn't want to hear the cast laughing at each other, but on shows like this where it's just... Like, the performance is of two people having a real conversation. I feel like laughter just adds to it. That's true. If it's natural, if it's not falsely promulgated. Right. Right. Don't ever falsely promulgate your laughter. Because that, I think, is an FDA violation, for one thing. Right. It Um, may cause cancer. (laughs) So, like, this idea that, like, you take something that's sincere... And then you make it into a performance, but are it's a you leaning into discussion about this book? Being sincere seems like really, literally everything that is about this book. Right. Okay. So we should pause before we continue that conversation and establish the rules. Oh, we should. And the point at which the rules start applying, because Be- otherwise well, we're going to talk about clink. scotch. We're going to talk about our mothers. I'm going to talk about vampires. I'm going to talk and about neither your of us mother. are going to get in trouble. I'm going to talk about your mother and her vampire. Okay, let's establish the rules, okay. because all of what those are the things rules? we are not allowed to talk about. What are the rules? The rules are, we cannot talk about the scotch. That's rule number one. Yes. We no mentioning talk, the scotch. No mentioning each other's mothers. Right. anyone's or mothers. anyone's mothers in, in joking any context fashion. other than if it's in the text of if the book. If it's in the book. And there's very little talk about mothers in there's both of bit. these stories. There's a little bit. But not, so but not a lot. maybe we'll touch on it. Maybe we maybe won't. Maybe we won't. But if it's in a joking fashion and not connect- connected to the book... Then we get in trouble. Yes. Uh, third point, Michael is not allowed to mention vampires. Right. Which um, is a rule established last month. By Josiah. By Josiah. Thank who you, got Josiah. to establish rules because he was the guest. He was the guest, so he got to make um, a rule. Maybe that's going to be the I new thing. Him? Maybe that's going to be the new thing. If a guest if comes a guest on, on, they can create a rule for sure. us. Okay. Uh, Maybe Josiah created so that, and what so now it's going to continue. If we violate the rules, Michael. If we violate the rules, we suffer the punishment. As last week, well, two weeks ago, you, two weeks ago from today. Two weeks ago from today, and not, like, two weeks plus, like, four minutes ago. Like, four <laughs> minutes into the stupid episode. You had to read from, from Catcher in the Rye. Well, I didn't have whistle. to do it at that time, because we did the Hitchcock thing. But yes. No, that's true. Yeah. Freaking Catcher in the Rye was your punishment. So like, gentle listener, you know how when I talked about, when we talked about East of Eden, yep. it was like, East of Eden is the one book by Steinbeck that I freaking adore and everything else by him I hate. Right. Um, Salinger is the opposite where I hate Catcher in the Rye and partially I feel justified because Salinger himself came to hate Catcher in the Rye. Uh, but everything else. But everything else by Salinger that has been published, I love. Right. At least all of the books. There are some short stories that have never been collected, and I haven't actually read those. But right, there, there are, are a couple things that I haven't read by Salinger, right. including Franny and Zoe. But you've read that. Yes. But that's literally the one book format of Salinger's that I have not read. Anyway, Excellent. let's start this episode 
By, by now we've established the rules. Once, once these glasses, the rules clink, go into effect, as you said. Once these glasses clink, right? Then the rules begin. All right, slancha. Frost. Look, I am. There we go. There you go. Second time's the charm. Okay. Um, uh, why don't we start this episode as I think you were about to do? I was literally picking up my phone to do this, uh, reading so, your mind. Michael had this wonderful uh, social media blitz. In which everything that he, literally uh, I did nothing today, but social for media. the last two weeks. For the last two weeks, um, right? Uh, but in preparation to recording this episode, he photographed all of his uh, all of his drinks with his literally, and I'm not exaggerating. Literally everything I drank today um, slash for the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, photographed with his giant 19th century Dow Gero type camera yep. that he had to pu- hold his glass in front of and like hold up the the flu powder or whatever really long arms with the thing with the with the the thing and then like get under and click the yep. click the button with his third arm and move really fast to yeah. hold it in place just in time and he then had to, like, throw take the, that throw over the to flash the developers at Walmart up in the air yeah take it to the developers at Walmart uh, and then have them transfer it onto Facebook. With their one hour development sort of thing. program thing. You um, know, get it all developed. I love, then I love that scan it into the computer. Just fine with the conceit that you have a Dejero type camera yep. that you use, but not okay with the idea that everyone listens to this podcast on a tape recorder. <laughs> even though they do. Totally fine. Even though they do. No, they don't. No, they do. No, they don't, but they... I have a Dejero type <laughs> camera. <laughs> Anyway, so with the hashtag, is this scotch? Uh, um, Michael was also soliciting interaction. I was. I was asking for people to comment and tell us what they thought. Literally, literally, there was one response. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're not supposed to advertise that. You're supposed to say, like, oh, we had 100 responses. but 100 responses, but this, this is, is the only literally one the pay. only one we care about. Um, so, go ahead, Michael. So, thank please. you to Lydia Grabau for, first of all... Telling us that you loved Raise High the Roof, Be- Roof Beam Carpenters and Seymour an Introduction. You loved it. It is the best book slash books ever. Uh, did she say that? She did. There was a poll. If you go to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, the uh, tap- Tapestry Radio Tap House. Which we should have mentioned two weeks ago, but we, we didn't. We should have. Two weeks ago, we dropped the ball on that one. But now, gentle listener, please go to the Tapestry Radio Tap House on Facebook Ask to join, we will admit you. Assuming you are not a robot. Right. Robots, we don't we admit hate. robots, we hate them. We are robot bigots. Might I say... Robotists. Robigots. Robigots. Oh, I like that better. Yeah, right? Robigots. Yeah, That's good. good. Yeah, right? Very good. Um, uh, anyway. Anyway. So go go to Facebook, find the Tapestry Radio Tap House, apply for membership. We will admit you. We just don't want robots. Uh... And Lydia, thank you for commenting. Yes. Uh, so Lydia comments on one of these photos that were shared uh, of the different things I was drinking all day. Uh, Lydia asks, please do a thorough semiotic analysis of all Salinger's work, including commentary on whether you date slash marry slash murder any of his characters, also him, also his mom. And this is okay. An okay mention of mothers. Well, because it's in the context because of Because it's in the context yes. of feedback. You didn't do it. Right. Um, okay. I'm going to have to have your phone in front of me because I meant the point of 
um, things I'm not allowed to talk about where <laughs> I can't remember things after I see them. Hear them? Um, either way. <laughs> You're also at the point where you can't remember what sense we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been at that point, quite frankly. Always, okay. As, as you can tell by the, the number of times on the show I've mentioned our viewers. Um, <laughs> so, semiotic analysis. I'm not sure what a semiotic analysis it's is. It's about symbolism. But... No, I think it's about a semi-automatic. Oh, about weapon? the guns! Yes, the guns so that are in literally the thing. there was one gun in connection with this whole discussion and from it, two like, weeks ago. It causes the worst thing about this whole story universe. The worst thing, which so, is Seymour being Seymour. suicidal and killing yeah, himself. and killing himself. So that's uh, really kind of a downer. Um, so thank you, Lydia, for making us depressed. Right. Okay, whether you date, marry, murder any of his characters. So that's that that game where you pick yeah, three right. characters. You pick three. Wait, one you date, yeah, one, one you, you murder, date. one you marry. Right. Uh, so okay, go ahead. You're the guest. You go first. Um. Wait. Does this mean I pick three characters to ask you about? Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna pick Seymour. Okay. Buddy. Okay. Boo boo. Seymour, Buddy, and Boo Boo. No, I, I feel that it's fair to pick Boo Boo because there is a story in Nine Stories which you have read called Boo Boo in Connecticut, I think. That's Uncle Wiggly in Connecticut. Uncle Wiggly in Connecticut, but it's about Boo Boo. But it's about Boo Boo, yes. Like I said. So that's fair. Two weeks ago, that's I fair. hadn't read this story, there are nine stories in like a while. And now, and now it's, it's been, been two weeks plus later. Plus two weeks, so yep. I can't remember things. Right. So, okay. No, okay. That's fair. That's a, that's a good connection. I'm going to murder Buddy. I'm going to kill him because he's the narrator and I can't talk about him any more than that. Hmm. Um, <laughs> or I would break the rules. Uh, Seymour, I would How marry. Would you break the rules? I don't understand. I'm not going to tell you because I'm going to marry Seymour. Why would you marry Seymour? Because he would love me and value my happiness more than his own. If you remember my analysis from two weeks ago. I do remember that. That. But also, he would traumatize you with he the whole... Would. He would kill himself, and I would be super sad. But the thing is, he would be doing it for my own happiness, because then I would be able to go back home and live with my mother and father and be happy. Interesting. So, anyway, uh, so I would marry Seymour, and I would date Boo-Boo. Uh, I know I, uh, Uncle Wiggly Goes to Connecticut is, a, is an unfamiliar... Uncle, uh, Wiggly, Uncle Wiggly in Connecticut. In Connecticut, is that right? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we could cross right. the room to which Michael is doing. Oh, I'm doing it. Oh, I'm he, moving. Here he we go. barely. Oh, I made oh, it. He he had Uncle Wiggly in navigate. Connecticut. You are correct. Thank you. And he it was to... almost three o'clock when navigate. Mary Jane finally found Eloise's house. We're not analyzing this story. No, We've we're not. We've enough outside of canon. Just analyzing. Um, I think it's banana all fish canon. Last anyway. Night. Uh, it is all canon, but so also I would no. date Boo Boo because at least from what I remember, she seems pretty solid. Oh, it is date Mary Murder. Yep, date Mary Murder. Yeah, yeah. Well, Uncle Wiggly in Connecticut is like Boo Boo doing childcare, and she's like freaking brilliant at it. That's right. So, that's right. That's yeah. right. Um, so that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so that's my decision. Um, I'm gonna give you also Buddy and Boo, uh, Buddy and Seymour. Okay. For those two. Uh, but the third character I'm going to give you is, um, let's, let's see. There, there's several here. Not a whole lot. Um, <laughs> uh, but several. I'm going to give you. <laughs> but not a whole you, lot. Not a whole lot, but several. But several. But several. But not a whole lot. But not a whole lot. Uh, but not a whole lot, but several. several. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you the lieutenant 
from Which Rice had a roof beam me. Oh, hmm. Interesting. So, all men for you. All men for me, as usual. As usual. As per frickin' usual. Um, okay. So, let's see. I think... I think... Wait, so you gave me Seymour and Buddy and then the Lieutenant, yes? Correct. Okay. So, I think... I think I would kill Seymour. Okay. Because his death literally causes this entire canon of story. That's true. That is very true. And I'm thinking, I meant to mention this last month when you were talking about, like, something about, like, wait an hour and, and, or wait a day and see what we're reading, but wait an hour or two weeks or whatever. And I was like, Michael got his sense of timing from the movie Looper. That's true. Um... And so I, think I live Looper in the spirit that's of my that's life. terrifying, <laughs> um, and I do want to get far away from you very quickly if that's true. Um, but uh, I was in, in the spirit of Looper. Like, if I don't kill Seymour, which you failed to do, even though you had the chance, if I'm I don't, assuming he's going to kill himself. If I don't kill him and I let him live, but if I take that risk. We could cease to exist. That's true. This whole podcast could cease to exist. The whole world as we know it yeah. could cease to exist. Just because of your irresponsibility that I have to true. take up the slack I for made a big assumption. As usual. Um, so, <laughs> gotta kill Seymour just to... To, uh, to fix my mistakes. Yeah, to fix your mistakes. Um, we'll take care of that baby Hitler thing later. Okay. Um, Thank you. Okay, so I'm gonna kill Seymour. What's the other two? Mary and murder? No, Mary and uh, date. Mary and date. So I'm gonna date Buddy mm. just because uh, friends in the past have like I've had a friend who literally just called me Buddy. Oh, okay. Um, I called her Franny, which uh, was like very appropriate. You huge and, nerd. Yeah, and we I were... literally called you a nerd in two episodes ago. Did you? Yes, I did. So like, I think we... I think the way I enunciated I can... it was nerd. I, so, so if I can't, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna reiterate that. If I can't, nerd. Say first paragraph. If that becomes a rule, I think you not being able to say nerd becomes a rule. Oh come on! However, because like you already have one rule focused against you. That's true. In the whole vampire thing, that Maybe. I can just say vampire with impunity, and you right. can't. And um, you can't say first paragraph, but I can. Right. So if that if that becomes a thing, then, then maybe I feel nerd like becomes universal. We could do that. I was going to say we just have to wait for there to be another one directed against me before we direct one against oh, you. Oh, that's, so that's a possibility. Um, so we'll we'll leave that up to the parliament. Um, sure. So, gentle listener, uh, let us know your thoughts on yes. this rule. Uh, what rules should we should we enforce the Michael doesn't say nerd rule? Should we enforce the Ethan doesn't say? But you only first get to rule? establish a rule if you are a guest on this show. You can recommend a rule, yeah, and well, then it's up to us. Yes, but you can because establish. Basically, a rule. you are the parliament, but we are the dictator. Exactly, the two of us are the dictator. Um, okay, not a figurehead like no. QE two. Um, I feel like this is, just became an entirely different podcast. But <laughs> really, we just jumped the tracks. Here. <laughs> we, we jumped the tracks like at the beginning of this hour. Right. So um, you're dating Buddy. Okay, so I'm dating Buddy because, like, he is apparently me according to my own past history, and, like, everyone knows that, like, you marry your father, you marry yourself, so 
Um, I'm just dating him essentially as like this. What would you call it? Um, the spirit, the manner, the 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 thing that's going on. If I date myself, um, um, let's call it uh, narcissism. What would be another word for that? Let's call it solipsism. <laughs> Who would be just like the epitome of narcissism and solipsism? Let's There's call it I'm... Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> I feel like that's really close to you, at least violating <laughs> the spirit of the rule. I feel like you're goading me, and that's oh, breaking the rule. It's not breaking the rule. That's fair play. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, we haven't even talked about the book yet. We're just we're just okay. playing into Lydia's hands. Anyway, yeah. Oh, well, what else is new? That's um, true. We played Lydia. into her hands when we picked this book, and by we I mean me. That's but true. also you because I dragged you along. You it's did. Like you Thank you me very into much. Reading the beginning of Catcher in the Frickin' Rye. <laughs> um. Okay. So I date buddy. You date buddy. And that leaves me marrying the lieutenant. That's true. Which I did do deliberately. Because I feel like the lieutenant is actually a pretty solid spouse. Like, he's very much sort of, like, just supportive enough of the wife, but also, like, doesn't give in to her crap enough for it to become this, like, codependent thing. That's true. Um, So I feel like he's very nicely balanced, and, like, he has his authority, and he exerts it when he needs to, such as, like, getting Buddy to identify who people are in pictures, but... He's not, like, overly authoritarian. He's just sure. very nicely zen and very sure. nicely balanced. Sure, very zen. Um, yeah, very zen indeed. Very zen, which is Eastern religion, which is connected with Salinger, which oh is bringing us back to the topic of the book. So thank you, Lydia, for that diversion. We're talking about Raise High the Roof Beam Carpenters Wait. and Seymour and Introduction. Did we get through Lydia's entire question? Uh, we did. Uh, no. No. We also, we uh, also have to talk about him, him and, and his, his mother, which... Okay, is that in context? The question was, also discuss whether you would date, marry, kill any of his characters, also him, also his mom. But those were separate sentences. So does that mean we talk about him and his mother, or does that mean we talk about dating, murder, marrying him and his mother? I think the context would imply the second thing that you just said, but that also doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, because there are two. Right, and there's, so there's not a, so you'd have to like date and marry and not kill someone right or whatever or or date and kill and, and not, not marry, marry someone, someone. It, it just doesn't work it's it's, it's not it's breaking off the third wheel of our tricycle of and that's creating a bicycle clearly we cannot do that yeah no bicycles for you <laughs> no nice bicycles. try lydia ah! can you do that again ah! thank you lydia You're deserved you welcome that's right yeah she um, did she did she so, deserved both of those. Okay, now we've so, worked through Lydia's entire question. Okay, so Lydia, we're you, done with you. We're talking so about you the you were book worried now. about only having one question, and we are now 25 minutes into this episode. Oh my gosh. just spend all of it on that question. So How, I told you not to be worried about that question. Thank you for telling me not to be worried about it. I worried about it, and I was wrong. And you were wrong, so, as you usually are, and I'm right always. Thank just you. Just like Buddy. Just like, No. Not like Buddy. Uh, which leads me to my question about Seymour and introduction. Okay. So, um, I think a heavy criticism that is laid against the second of these two novellas is that it is self-indulgent. Now... How do you respond? Laid against it by... Critics. Literary critics. critics. Have you been doing research onto what literary critics have said about this? I plead the fifth... Okay, uh, because as 
our good modernist schools of criticism tell us, we are not allowed to do that because uh, only the text no. exists. I may or may not have gone through all of my textbooks from high school and college to see any reference to J.D. Salinger. Wait, and his was works. there anything about these two works in those? Uh, not specifically. Okay. Well, specifically, Seymour: An Introduction of the Two was referenced. Uh, got was... a lot more critical noise. Seymour uh, and Introduction. Seymour and Introduction got a lot more critical noise than Ray's High the Roof Beam Carpenters. That doesn't surprise me, because here's it the doesn't. thing. Like, okay, first of all, I I meant to mention this last episode in, like, some of the introductory material, but there was so much that I didn't. Um, <laughs> like, out of all of Salinger's works, right, Catcher in the Rye gets, like, so much of the street cred and right. um, is garbage. You know, I had a physics teacher in high school who would go to the English class, classes in my high school and talk about how we shouldn't be reading Catcher in the Rye after we be. read Catcher in the Rye. Okay. After we would read Catcher in the Rye and then this physics, te- physics teacher would come and tell us why we shouldn't read it. Was this like an annual thing that he did? Yes. So, Every year he would come to the AP right. English classes and tell us you should not read Catcher in the Rye after our AP you would English think... teachers would assign us to read Catcher in the Rye. And after, they were so they supportive would, of it. After They, they love this physics teacher. After they would assign you or after you physically read it? After we physically read it. We would read okay, it you would after they assigned it. After he would like... come in and say, don't read it, it's terrible. And essentially what he was going for was, don't you agree after you've read it? So oh, you clearly agree okay. with me now. Because I it's was terrible. Say, you should not read it. I was going to say that, like, it would make sense if after, like, maybe the second year that he did this, he adjusted his timing so that, sure, like, sure. he, yeah, but that makes more sense. Okay, I agree with him. I don't know if I agree with why, because you haven't told me and I don't want you to yet. Go on. But I agree with him because here's the thing. Catcher in the Rye is a story about a self-indulgent, whiny little brat... Uh, who spends 200 pages being self-indulgent and whining, and then, like, a paragraph at the end, he's like, oh, but maybe I shouldn't be so self-indulgent and whiny. That is literally his objection. Okay. So, Franny and Zoe, similar time period, similar stylistically, similar themes, um, thematically, I should have said to continue the parallelism. Thematically. Thematically, uh, which are <laughs> themes that you keep in the attic and only bring down at Christmas. Um, in all of those ways, Franny and Zoe is similar. But, Franny spends the first 75 pages of that book being a self-indulgent whiny little brat, and then she spends the next 125 pages getting told why she shouldn't be a self-indulgent whiny little brat. Okay, interesting. And I feel that that, for people who are, say, 16, 17, 18, is a much more helpful message as far as, like, becoming a good person and all of the other goals that, like, the pure study of literature is supposed to accomplish than frickin' The Catcher in the Rye. Got it. So that's... You unburied that rant. I was not going to do it because we were not talking about Franny and Zoe or The Catcher in the Rye, but here right, we are. but here we are talking about those instead of Ray's High the Roof Beam Carpenters and Seymour and Introduction. Because you made me. By um, J.D. Salinger. I would like to note that I was forced You were in forced this into this. Yes. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. So what I was going to say is that, so Catcher in the Rye gets a lot of frickin' airplay. 
um, because it's the worst, uh, and that's how the world works. Franny and Zoe get some airplay. Like, people talk about it and read it and discuss it. And Honestly, I heard about that before I heard about Bray's High the Roof yes. and Carpenters and well, Seymour Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. And some of the stories out of Nine Stories get reprinted in, like, English anthologies sure. and get, get talked about. Um, Although, you, neither in the Norton Anthology of American Literature nor in the Heath Anthology of American Literature is anything by Salinger printed. Really? Yes. Well, why are those anthologies just garbage? I don't know. I don't know either. They're not the worst, but they don't include Salinger, which right. makes me so hate they're them. the worst. Um, anyway, <laughs> you can even like reprint the entirety of Franny in one of those and still have plenty of it's space. It's true. Anyway... Or the entirety of Raise High the Roof Beams, Carpenters, and Seymour... Or what, either one, really. Either one. I yeah. would I would hold that as a short story, Raise High the Roof Beams, Carpenters is a better story than Seymour in Introduction. I would agree. Um, Go on. What I was starting and roundaboutly saying in sort of a Salinger-esque uh, between M-dash way here is that those... Are you offering a bouquet of parentheses? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Which is like Salinger inventing emojis in 1950. Right, that is exactly what I thought. That's brilliant. Anyway, (laughs) go on. Um, Which I think had been done before, such as in some of like the bouquets of asterisks that uh, uh, Lawrence Stern gives us in Tristram Shandy in the 18th century. But of course, Lawrence Stern wrote a postmodern novel in the 18th century. Right, I'm pretty sure Lawrence Stern was born in 2042 and time traveled. (laughs) And stranded back just, in the 18th just so that century. he could write a postmodern novel, specifically only so that he could write a postmodern novel in the 18th century. Exactly, just as like a screw you to the rest of everyone. Right, forever. which is literally why we can never have an episode on Tristram Shandy. Why? Why is that? Because there's time travel involved. Oh, so that, yeah, so we don't cancel all of history. Exactly. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. We Though cannot we might, break it. We might have a, an episode of Tristram Shandy. We probably will. We probably will. Yeah. Like, we will probably both dare each other into picking it. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, what the heck was I saying? Okay, I don't know. So you started to ask me whether I thought Seymour in Introduction was self-indulgent. Self-indulgent, yes. And what I was saying was that all of Salinger's works besides these two are better known than these two, mm-hmm. and I love these two the best, um, which is typical of me, according to my wife. Um, I agree with your wife. I usually do, uh, which is fair. It's true. Anyway. um and that, in some ways, I am your wife. That, <laughs> yeah, which both of our wives have also said. <laughs> yep. Um, Therefore, making me agree with your wife again. Yeah, as you, uh, I mean, which makes me agree with myself. Just pretty much always right. Also with your wife. Okay, for the gentle listeners' benefit, Michael's wife has said to me on repeated occasions that if Michael ever leaves her, it will be for me, and she's like made peace with this fact, and vice versa. Um, Yes, which I think she like our two wives have this like packed that when we leave each other or when we leave them for each other they're gonna just like move in together themselves and like start a knitting collective of some kind right probably their own sitcom yeah and just be fine like they'll be completely fine they'll probably marry much richer people than we are that's true for that matter and like but we're in this for the money right but we will we will be harvesting that good podcast but it's not about the scotch Dang it! No! (laughs) 
I hope I really hope the gentle listener heard the look that I gave you while I was waiting for you to figure out what you'd done. Uh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Dang it. All right. I mentioned it. You did. You mentioned it. So, and now you have to suffer the punishment. I do. We'll get back to finally addressing this question after the end of this bouquet of parentheses. Oh, good. Um, now, the punishment that I thought of... Oh, dear. Wait. It's coming immediately? I mean, we might as well. Like, sure. Like, this okay. far into we're, the episode, half, I want to make sure maybe. we budget our time okay-ishly. Also... I would like, okay, this is not the punishment, but since we are in transgressive territory, I would like you to read the dedication of Catcher in the oh, Rye. No. To my mother. <laughs> it's not a joke, so it's not breaking the rules. <sighs> no, it's not. Okay. Um, what I would like you to do is read the first, say, we'll call it, Three to four sentences. Three to four sentences. Of The Catcher in the Rye. Okay. Um, and you can just, I'll, I'll say minimum of three, maximum of four or five, whatever. Okay. Five at the very most. Okay. Um, just whatever the spirit moves you to do. Oh, dear. But every adjective, I want you to replace with the word garbage. Garbage. <laughs> every time adjective. You, every time you encounter an adjective, oh, replace dear. it with the word garbage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Catcher in the Rye, Chapter One. If you really want to hear about it, the garbage thing you'll probably want to know <laughs> is where I was born <laughs> and what my garbage childhood was like, <laughs> and how my parents were occupied and all before they had me, and all that David Copperfield kind of crap. But I don't feel like going into it if you want to know the truth. In the garbage place, that stuff bores me. And in the garbage place, my parents would have about two garbage hemorrhages apiece. If I told garbage, garbage, personal about them. Garbage about them. They're garbage, garbage about garbage like that. Especially my father. They're garbage and all. I'm not saying that. But they're also garbage as hell. (laughs) That was way more entertaining than I expected it to be. And also kind of like worked. In a weird way that I didn't intend, but I'm okay with it. It's true. I'm I'm at peace with it. It's true. I I appreciated that punishment. (laughs) Unlike marshmallows in the mouth, that was that That was better than garbage. That was better than marshmallows in the mouth. Better than marshmallows in the mouth. Yeah. Which hashtag better than marshmallows in the mouth? (laughs) Hashtag better than marshmallows. Hashtag better than marshmallows. (laughs) Wait, no. Hashtag better than mouth mallows. Oh, good. Because that gets good. everything, but How it condenses that. Wood. I don't good. know. I don't know. That's I'm good. on a roll. I think it's uh, the amount of um, 
the inspiration I have right now. Inspiration. Uh-huh. Inspiration. Uh-huh. Inspiration. The gentle okay. listener will note that I just barely did not just lose again. That's true. Um, it was close. Very, very close. Which would have been a devastating <laughs> loss coming on the heels of me having punished Michael. That's true. That um, would have been. That would like, have been. completely undermined that yeah, everything. loss of me. But as anyway. it is, yeah. So, so let's go okay. back to my question. Do self-indulgent. I think Seymour an introduction to self-indulgent? No. Okay. And here's why. Because it is a performance of someone being self-indulgent. Okay. And to go, and I hate when people go biographical and interpreting Salinger because it's been so done. It's been done so many times. It's hackneyed. It's been done so many times. It's been done so many times poorly. Yes. But Salinger in this novella, and I know, okay, so a lot of people think of Seymour as like his, his... send off kiss off piece there was one more long short story that he published after that Mm -hmm. but at the same time i get the sense um being like a garbage critic here and going biographical that this is him like preparing to just not care anymore sure um once you get past the layer of like and and this is something we've like danced a giant jig around these entire two episodes and not touched on but the the whole layering of buddy as the writer character layered under salinger as the actual writer yes and all of that noise um i get the sense that if you dig down far enough to hit actual salinger which i don't know that you can but if you do that seymour is just salinger preparing to just I'm done. I'm out. Right. Metaphorically, like, shoot himself in the head. Yeah. Hmm. That's. Hmm. Uh, Does that mean I win? Which it means would. You lose. It would mean you win if there was winning. But as we established from the very first, right? Literally the first ten minutes of this entire series, there is no winning. That's true. So you That's don't true. win, but otherwise I you do I kind of won in, like, episode three. I said you won, but maybe I was lying. You might Maybe I was... Uh, what, would, what would I say there? You know what? I already lost. You were a vampire. I was a vampire. <laughs> uh, I was a vampire from the very first paragraph there. So I lost, and, like, we cancel each other out. Wait, you just admitted you lost, which yeah. means you suffer the extra punishment that I have for you. Well, then you have to suffer another punishment of mine. No, because I already suffered a punishment Only this losing. I was only losing so that your loss would be canceled. But so if, if my lose... loss was canceled, then I wouldn't suffer the punishment. Because I, But because I already suffered the punishment, no, this is you like... also suffer the punishment. No, no, because you already suffered That's what makes punish... it equal. Okay, I was, I was losing so that you would suffer... Only one punishment, which I have already suffered the series of episodes. This, But no, we're not talking about a series of episodes. We're talking episode by okay. episode. Then we haven't confirmed that my thing is a is a rule yet, so <laughs> I don't lose. Oh, okay. And you do lose. All right, fine. But you don't lose. Because but I, I, I already I, lost. You already I lost. I already suffered the, the punishment. And I also don't have a second punishment in, 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 in my back pocket <laughs> okay. for you. That's literally all I was trying to cover up, is the fact that I I do. I of, have a backup punishment you do have for you. A, Ah, oh, that t- makes me tempted to lose again, but... No. Right? I know, because it's going to be so amazing. And it's going to make us that money. What? Because that's what we're all about, the money. <laughs> the, the money. Um, no. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, what I what I get, I th- like, because 
He's so just upfront about, I know exactly what all the critics are thinking now. Oh, this shit about Seymour, uh, you know, being a performance artist, that's coarse. This is coarse. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. you know, just, it, he's just in dialogue with all of his critics. Um, and I, this is an old thing that I have noticed in a lot of artists who are very, say, like, av- avant-garde. Even though I should say it avant-garde, but... <laughs> When an artist doesn't care... Why don't you say it? Say avant-garde. I I did say it, so screw you. So you should. I did. But say it. Avant-garde. Thank you. Are you happy? Yes, I am. Are you sure? I am so happy. Um, (laughs) When an artist gets to a point, and it's either that they were there from the first, or it's that they've been successful enough commercially that they don't have to care anymore when they get to a point that they don't care what their critics think the critics just try to destroy them um i've noticed this just sort of across history really um and i think salinger in in seymour is just almost like past that he's just literally doing whatever he wants to do um, and what he wants to do is this very specific, it's literary vaudeville, is what it is. It's it's a literary, it, it is very literary, it's very literate, it's very, you know, referential and... Um, self-referential. Self-referential like and, like, structurally, you know, questioning. But it's literary vaudeville. Hmm. And he's making fun of his critics who don't understand that this is literary vaudeville. Nice. Um... That's what I think when I am asked if Seymour an introduction is self-indulgent. So, you know, in a way, yes, it's self-indulgent mm-hmm. in the sense that Salinger gets to do whatever he wants. And if you want to watch, go ahead. And if you want to throw tomatoes, go ahead. But the performance is going to go on regardless. Nice. Except it doesn't with Seymour, with uh, Salinger, because he quits. Sure. Um, so, okay, but you know the uh, I, I like it. I guess by performance I meant I meant this particular story sure which lives even though it keeps Salinger, going yeah. yeah okay 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 I gotcha I gotcha so, yeah um, yes I like that uh, I like that a lot um, uh, this this is kind of connected with my thesis on Buddy and the mm. nature of Buddy being someone who is jealous of Seymour if I want to distill it down to something super simplistic sure being jealous of Seymour. Um, and this is something when I, when I teach, uh, I, I, I do a class on the Psalms. Right. And when I teach that, I teach this thesis that the structure of a thing, if it is well done, will tell you the thesis of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so the structure of Seymour and introduction being self-referential. Right. And self-indulgent. Right. Is the thesis of it. Right. That it, that's the point. And so you get all these 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 imitators of authors who are like, but J.D. Salinger was self-indulgent and self-referential, so I should do it too. Right. And they suck at it because right. they're just being imitators. So the imitators suck. Right. Salinger rocks because he's an innovator, which is part of what makes him rock the sure. innovation of it, but also because he does it smartly. And I think it's because he's got this ghostwriter of Buddy Glass, uh-huh. who is jealous of Seymour, uh-huh. 
And that's referring back to Ray's Had a Roof Beam Carpenters with that scene that I uh, referred to two weeks ago, gentle listener, uh, <laughs> of when he was super mad at Seymour's journal and yes. threw it into the, into the hamper and slammed the door on it and hoping to lock it away forever. Okay. Um, so the self-indulgent nature of Seymour in introduction is the point. Yes. Because Buddy Glass in Seymour Introduction, who is ghostwritten by J.D. Salinger, right. is intending to write about Seymour, but really to write about himself. Right. And, and once the again, key is with that, that note that I referenced, or that both of us referenced yes. two weeks ago, gentle listener. <laughs> About how the family thought that uh, A Perfect Day for a Banana Fish was more Buddy than yes. Seymour. And that's exactly the point. Right. Buddy is writing about himself, but using Seymour as the vehicle. Right. Which, once again, the critics just conflate Buddy and Salinger. And yeah. that's how you arrive at the conclusion that Seymour is self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. If you assume that Buddy and Salinger are the same person, then yes. It's self-indulgent. But Buddy Glass is a performance that J.D. Salinger is putting on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's inherently true almost with any piece of narrative writing. Even a non-fiction piece of narrative writing, let alone a, an explicitly fictitious piece right. of narrative, is inherently this is a performance. There is a persona yeah. that is delivering this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's a that's a that's an interesting point. And I was going to say, I feel like I had a question for you, and I don't remember what it was. Why don't you remember? Okay, I do remember now. Oh, okay. Okay. So we've mentioned that sort of the theme of happiness, and, and as far as words that are we've put on it, yeah. actually on the page, happiness, or forms of the word happy, comes up over and over and over again. Like... If if you did that English teacher thing where you said read this and circle every instance of the word happy or variation sure. on it, like your page would be filled with circles. Yeah, that's um, true. Do you believe that Seymour was happy? Do you believe that Buddy was happy? Do you buy that? Do you think that's actually true? Okay, you've asked me a couple of questions there. Yeah. Seymour, I think he thought he was happy. Right, and that's what I think. And Buddy, well... Now, I'm going to renege on that because ultimately I think Buddy thought that Seymour thought he was happy. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, now that you say that and not before, but now that you say that, that is what I think. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it was what I thought before, but now you've named it. Correct. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Yes. No. Okay. So both of these stories are told through the perspective of Buddy Glass. Mm -hmm. Buddy being the sidekick. And that's ultimately what his name means if we go back to the beginning of the episode two weeks ago. Right. Buddy being the sidekick. That's his identity. Through his eyes... And that's another element of that name that we didn't really touch on is just like that's what you call a a kid or someone. Sure. Someone who's like, oh, hey, Buddy, come on. Someone who's less than. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's how Buddy, in fact, sees himself. Yeah is less than, and he's trying to rise above that. Right. So he thinks that Seymour thinks that he is happy, 
but he doesn't think Seymour is happy. And that is why he gets angry in Raise High the Roof being yes. Carpenters, because Seymour thinks he's happy, but he doesn't think he's happy. Yeah. And so that's why he gets so mad. Because it, it's stated, what is that, page 76? Um, where, yes, woo, I win. Uh, the last word of Seymour's journal... Where he's happy. He's happy. Yeah. And that's where Buddy slams it shut, mm-hmm. throws it into the hamper, slams the door shut, is sweating profusely, and goes get, gets himself drunk on the cocktails he makes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is another element of that, that craft thing that we talked about that we right? didn't talk about. Yeah. The, and instantly followed by, uh, yeah, for some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason I poured myself like four fingers of whiskey and just <laughs> tossed it off. I think that counts. I don't whiskey, think counts. I think, counts as an Not, extension of scotch. But in the context, you just said it too. I already lost. I, I, so I, I already I'm lost done. too. So, so you I'm lost. also done. All right. So you're also... You're going to get your punishment. So you're going to get your punishment too then. I already got my punishment. I got my punishment. No, you got your punishment two weeks ago. Now you're getting another there punishment. There was never a rule that said we could only have one punishment per episode. Yeah, there was. No, we there established was. that we two episodes ago. No, we did not. Yeah, we did. We absolutely did we not. We talked about it off the air with Josiah. No, Josiah, we let us Josiah, know. Josiah, <laughs> you better agree with me or I'm going to hurt you. Agree with me. I'm going to hurt you. Or Michael's I will not. never cuddle you again. Oh, that is that is bad. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, but... Happy. Buddy, yeah. Slamming it. Nonverbals. Yeah. Excellent craft. Salinger's amazing. Are um, you just writing the like episode description that we're just gonna put? That's just right. Putting this, this on the air point right by now point. This is what's happening. You're just gonna copy and paste this because right. we can now turn like audio words into like into text. Text, yeah, yeah. Uh, which actually we can. We so literally could, we can. You could pull that audio and like run it through a voice to text thing. And, and it would have happen. thing and save yourself probably like 40 seconds of work-ish? Yeah, 40 seconds. 40 seconds of valuable work. Except the fact that I would have to download that software to do that and do that. You could just... And I think then it Google would be, has one. You could just go onto your Google account and do it, I think. See, but I feel like that would cost me at least 39 seconds to go onto Google Probably. to establish that. So ultimately, I would save one second in yeah, doing this. Well, you know what? I don't know. Is one second worth it, Ethan? Is it? One second. Is, is it, it worth, worth it? it? Is it worth it, Michael? I don't know. I don't know This either. is the question. Gentle <laughs> listener. Let us know, is one hashtag, second worth it? Hashtag, is one second worth it? <laughs> hashtag, is one second worth it? Because I couldn't find a way to compress that hashtag. <laughs> oh, my, oh my goodness, this is terrible. <laughs> You're the worst. Why does anybody listen to this show? Uh, they don't. They don't. No, I don't know really if you don't. know this, but they um, don't. So, okay, so my point being yes. that self-indulgence is the point. Yes. Of Salinger and Introduction. It was interesting when I read through it this time, once again, because I went through a phase when we were in college um, where I was, like, writing things sort of for people, and it wasn't even... Okay, sometimes it was because, like, I had a crush on them and I didn't want to say it, but, like, sometimes it wasn't. And I wrote... um, I told our friend Joshua, Joshua Wershke... Joshua Wershke. Um, Joshua Wershke, who's probably not listening at all. Uh, nor he said I... he would. He did said, he? Oh, no, no. So what he, he said is not listening. What he said was, 
I should probably start listening to that. Okay, so he's not listening at all. <laughs> no. Or if he is, this is like several years in the future that he's listening right. to this. Um, so, I told, somehow as a result of like a lunchtime discussion that got out of hand, I told him I was going to write a chapter of a Russian novel, but like the sort of Russian novel where they just spend an entire chapter introducing a character. Okay. But what I meant was that I had just reread again Seymour an Introduction, and I was just going to write Seymour an Introduction except about him. Sure. Um, okay. And it was actually, like, it, it was a short story. It certainly wasn't, it was, like, maybe in the, the style of printing that this book has, maybe it was 25 pages long. It certainly wasn't 120 or whatever it is. Right. However um, many pages that is. Yeah. But, and it was pretty good as far as, like, 20-year-old Ethan's writing goes, which is to say that 20-year-old Ethan's writing is absolute garbage and I hate all of it. But as far as that goes, it's 120 pages. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. Um, So, but yeah, so, like, I wrote wrote this and it it included, like, Salinger-esque asides about, like, this person is now dead, but I'm really happy today. But I didn't understand what I was doing, and I certainly did not get the performative aspect of it. And that's the large criticism though, of Salinger and Introduction, that it is it, it doesn't know what it's doing. Yeah. And that's ultimately a criticism of the imitators yes. of Salinger and Introduction. And ultimately, it's very true. Uh, and I was going to say, ironically, the Joshua Wersky persona that I put into the story was like a theater person. So like that theme of performance was there. Right. But it also wasn't there. Sure. Um, so, so by imitating it, you imitated it on the surface, but not in the heart of right. it. And so you ultimately inverted what Salinger and introduction is all about. If you read the what's Kierkegaard, what Seymour and introduction is all about. What did I because say? You said Salinger and introduction, <laughs> which is literally which is like asserting like, the thing that I've spent two hours now <laughs> saying, screw you to. Yes, it's true. Um, so you're but welcome. you didn't mean it. So no, okay. I didn't. Um, you don't lose unless I lose. It's true. So uh, you do lose, though. But you do lose. Then. But no, I already lost. But I already uh, lost. But no, the Kierkegaard quote. No, not the Kierkegaard. The Kafka quote was about the actors, uh, and so yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it's inverting it. So we're nearly at the end of the episode. You're not the host. I'm the host. I announced the end of the episode. Do you want me to suffer the punishment or not? I do want you to suffer okay. the punishment. So, I'm going to then just say, Erda, stop licking my leg. That tickles and I can't talk when you <laughs> um, The dog is licking my leg again, gentle listener. She has not She's stopped so for the last sweet. two weeks. She is very sweet straight. and lovely and, and wonderful. But, two weeks um, straight of kissing and loving yeah, and being um, adorable everyone's with wife her black and tan butt. Was very jealous. Um also, I was just reading a history of Ireland in the early 20th century, so black and tan means something very different to me. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Okay, so I'm not admitting that I lost any more than you lost. All I'm admitting is that you have a second punishment for me, and I barely thought of a first punishment for you. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and suffer the second punishment. Yes, you are. Out of humility. Um which, considering that we we put this episode off in terms of Lent, I feel like is very appropriate on your behalf more than mine. But I'm doing it super so, generous of me. What does that What does that leave you? I don't know. I don't know what yeah, it leaves no. you, but there we are. But for your punishment. stop licking my skin. <laughs> it tickles. <laughs>
What is my what is my backup punishment? Your punishment. Time? You remember when you gave me the punishment to come up with a sentence based on one letter? Yes. Uh, I'm going to do kind of the reverse of that. I'm going to be a little stricter. I'm going to be meaner. So you need to come up with a six-word, at least, six-word sentence. You can go over. That's fine mm-hmm. if you need to. Mm-hmm. Six words or more sentence without using in any of the words the letter E. I was afraid you were going to say that just as you got to the last clause of that pronouncement. <laughs> there's the letter E in I pronouncement. Was a, I <laughs> fudge. There's also in word. Yep. I was afraid you would say that. <laughs> okay. okay, very good. Very good. Nice. All right. Good. Good work. Thank I'm you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me, too. It's um, me has the letter E. I'm done with the punishment. <laughs> oh, okay. You bastard. <laughs> bastard Wait, does not have the letter but E. But done does. So done I, does. But so. I'm still done with the punishment. So that's, that's true. Like, you you did accomplish. Bite me. Both both words of them have the letter, have letter e. e. And that's like an additional intertextual screw you to what I was saying. Screw the... also has the letter. I e. know. I know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, uh. Now I just want to go back and reread Tristram Shandy is what I want to do. Sure, sure. Um, Where you take three chapters as as to like, walk down the as stairs. As far as like the bouquet of parentheses, maybe invented emojis, but Tristram Shandy has a just a black page and just a marbled page, which yep. critics still don't know what was going on. And then there's a blank page where you're supposed to draw your mistress. Yeah, which so, also, like, all of that is just That's saying, the page that my wife objects to the most. Screw you to the critics, <laughs> which is similar to this. So, really, if you haven't picked Tristram Shandy for next month, then I'm very mad at you. No, I, I don't think you'll be quite as mad at me, because I have picked a pretty good book for you next okay. month. Okay. If I admit myself... Now, I've read a couple of works by this author. Now, gentle listener, we are transitioning into the part of the episode where Michael reveals what book we are reading next right. month. Right. Of course. Which you knew two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. But I do not know yet. So you, you knew two weeks before Ethan. Yes. So. Because we got our sense of time from the movie Looper. That's right. <laughs> so, now, I, I want to uh, say to you, gentle listener, if you have more thoughts about J.D. Salinger and his works, Raise High the Roof Beam Carpenters, and Seymour in Introduction. And for that matter, Nine Frickin' Stories. Or Nine f- Stories, because we talked probably almost an equal amount about Nine Stories. Not, not quite. But... Not quite. But a lot. More than is lot. justified for not having told them right. to read it until we paused to let them read it. Right. You should have just le- read it without pausing. Re- uh, I mean, I did warn them last episode when we introduced it. So that's there's true. That. So there's that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So if you have any thoughts about that, please tweet at us. Please comment on the Facebook page Facebook or on the Tapestry Facebook straight tap at room. Us. Facebook at us. Uh, and I, I just added a punch... But beyond that, now we're going to talk about the next book. We can also make mention of Salinger next month. What? If you want us to. Oh. If you comment. Yeah, but, if you comment, we will respond, probably. But we're going to talk about this new book. Oh. Revelstein by Saul Bellow. Interesting. That's your copy, Ethan. Well, thank you, sir. You're welcome. Um... 
Now, Saul Bellow is an author I've been meaning to read literally for several years. I've read several things by him. I've oh. read... Uh, the first thing I read by him was Looking for Mr. Green, which I think is just entirely a postmodern search for truth. Um, that's that's what Looking for Mr. Green is all about, if I want to boil it down into something essential. You just did an entire criticism of an entire book just in, like, ten seconds there. It, it's a short story. Oh, okay. But it's, yeah, ten-second analysis of a short story, Looking for Truth, um, by is Looking for Mr. Green by Saul Bellow. Saul Bellow, uh, I, I, I've also read his novel Herzog and his mm-hmm. collection of short stories, uh, Something to Remember Me By. Um, Saul Bellow is a, uh, a, a first-generation American descended from R- Russian Jewish immigrants. Um, he has been called the uh, the next Mark Twain as far as uh, humorous American authors. Sure. Um, what I think is the greatest value of Saul Bellow is his cerebral fiction. <laughs> uh, he manages to take the arena of action and put it into the mind. <laughs> that is what I have gotten from the things I have read. I have not read Ravelstein, but from sure. what I understand, it is the most autobiographical of his novels. Oh, no. Why would you do that? So, you're welcome. Um, so, we're going to read Ravelstein by Saul, by Saul Bellow next month. Please read along with us. It is not very long. Uh, I think it's about 200-some pages. This copy is about 200 pages, and it has tall pages. So Sure. Probably under 300. And, no, this is about... 233 pages. Oh, okay. So that's 12 pages. Probably no more than 300 pages in like a standard trade paperback, I would guess. Maybe less. Sure. So please read along with us. Um, uh, If you have other thoughts about Saul Bellow or J.D. Salinger, uh, please uh, let us know uh, on our website, on our Facebook page, on our Twitter, uh, and uh, let us know what what you think. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, let's move on to our ratings yes, section. Yes, let us please. Ratings. So, uh, Ethan, what'd you think of the scotch of this dull whinny 15 year? Okay, um, I don't generally like scotches that are very floral. Okay. But the scotch was very floral and I liked it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it didn't have quite the uh, complexity of, like, my sort of dream scotch, but it was complex and it was floral in a very pleasing way. I'm going to say about four stars. Okay. And by about four stars, I say, I mean four stars. All right. I'm going to reveal what I hinted at two weeks ago. Yes. uh, That I've had this scotch before, uh, and... Uh, I, I drank it with Josiah, actually, okay. our, our, our guest from a month ago. Uh, and at the time that I rated it with Josiah, I gave it five stars. Okay. A month later, I still give it five stars. Okay. Uh, here's why. It is smoky. It is floral. It is milky. Mm-hmm. It is like a dessert. It's like eating a whole cake. Without the weight in your stomach afterwards, just with a sense of delight and upliftedness, it's wonderful. I love this Scotch Doll Winnie 15 year. I'd give it five stars. I'd give it five stars probably in another 10 years. You know, I 
I didn't get the smoky from it, but the rest of the things you said, yes. Okay. Um, like the the sense of eating a whole cake without, yeah, the the heavy like that is that is very true. Like I will say, I enjoyed the scotch greatly. Like if sure. you know, if if see, you offered... I get I get a I get a yogurt sense. Yeah, there's some yogurt in there. There's the a milky, cake. There's a like a the creme brulee sort of creme brulee milk elements. Yeah. all over the place. Yeah, it's it's a if I were to describe this scotch in one word, it would be milky. Yeah, I can see that. I guess what I look for in a scotch is much more sort of along the lines of Old Pulteney last month. Like I want the ocean to be in my scotch, and there was no ocean okay. in it. But again, that's true. There's that's not a whole lot of salty seaweed. Only the difference between four stars and it's, five stars. So, sure. But a solid four stars, definitely. Four stars for you. I say five stars, Good. which is the first five stars on this podcast. It is true. That okay. either of us have given, but it's only me that's giving it five stars. Right. So we've yet to hit a scotch that both of us will give five that's stars. That's true. That's true. So Interesting. Um, not that we have to sway our votes in the future for what's going to get five stars. It would be interesting to see that. But one of these days we are going to hit a scotch that gets five stars for both of us. We are. Uh, so we did that. Okay. So that, uh, Uh, the book, the book, do you recommend it or not? Oh, I, I, I would highly recommend this book. Uh, here's the thing though. I would recommend that people, in fact, do read Catcher in the Rye first. And here's why. Because this book will fix it. I, I can see that. Um, personally, I recommend, like, Franny, Catcher in the Rye and then Franny and Zoe for similar reasons. Sure. Um, I, I, I would say, I, I haven't read Fanny, Franny and Zoe, but I right. have read Nine Stories. I would say probably either Franny and so- Zoe or Nine Stories or both, mm-hmm. and then this book. Um, this book being, some, you, you mentioned this in Catcher in the Rye, that it starts out with this self-indulgent little twerp right. that in the last 10 to 15 pages kind of figures himself out and is a cool person that we can deal with. In Catcher in the Rye, by 10 to 15 pages, you mean last paragraph. Sure. I I think you said 10 to 15 pages. No, I said last paragraph. I I don't think you said that. Gentle listener. Gentle listener, rewind your audio cassette (laughs) until you get to that point. Why? Why? Why an audio cassette? (laughs) Catcher in the Rye is a story about a self-indulgent, whiny little brat... Uh, who spends 200 pages being self-indulgent and whining, and then, like, a paragraph at the end, he's like, oh, but maybe I shouldn't be so self-indulgent and whining. Anyway, okay, so you you get this in a really crude fashion in Catcher in the Rye. Fair, fair. Very crude. Yeah. In this book, it's refined yeah. and very well done. Yeah. This figuring out of yourself and how much of a horrible person you are and then figuring out how to move past that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why enough. I would recommend Catcher in the Rye first. I, I can see that. Also because it's required by a lot of high schools. Right. And, and I, I, you know, I hate Catcher in the Rye. I think it's despicable, but... I do say, you know, if you want to be a well-read person, it's worth reading essentially because of that, because it's part of the cultural conversation and all that garbage crap. Um, However, 
I would, you know, I would give uh, Nine Stories five out of five stars. I'd give Franny and Zoe six out of five stars, and I'd give this book seven out of five stars. Nice. Um, and you know, just just uh, uh, maybe read Franny and Zoe first. Um, Catcher in the Rye. I've alluded to reasons to read that, even though it's garbage. Uh, <laughs> but then you know, raise high the roof beams, carpenters, and see more in an introduction. Just for all of what Salinger has done so far, raised to a truly sublime level. Um, so yes, highly recommend this book. Nice. So the Scotch and book pairing, Michael. Yes. What do you think, Ethan? I really liked that. I I did want to. I wanted to say this when I was reading the Scotch that even though you know this is not necessarily sort of the the um, ultimate what I look for in the Scotch, it worked really well with this book. Like I could see Seymour and Buddy drinking the Scotch together. Well, like. Seymour says truly sublime things and Buddy sort of rankles that he didn't come up with them. Sure. Um, and while Seymour says, like, why why does it matter if that we're two different people and that I said this and you didn't? You can say it. Put it in your story. I don't care. And, like, that rankles Buddy more. Um, yeah, yeah, it would. And it would. <clears throat> but this is the scotch they would drink while having that conversation. Sure. So as far as the scotch book pairing, we don't really have, like, a specific... I think uh, our rating schema? system is thumbs up, thumbs down. I guess, but that's too much like recommend, don't recommend. I'd it's give true. it I'd give it five stars as a pairing. Nice. Is what I would say. I would say read this book, and this is a short enough book, read this book while working your way through as much of a bottle of this scotch as it's healthy. Like, I, I think that would be a brilliant experience. Sure. Well, what do you uh, think? Um, I picked this scotch after finishing the book. Okay. Um, and honestly, it was almost, almost, literally the only scotch I could think of to pair with this book. Okay. So, um, yeah, I love it. Um, I, I, I think these work well, so well together. And part yeah. of that, I didn't mention this in rating the scotch. I'm going to go back, as you did, uh-huh. to rating the scotch. It's got that smokiness uh-huh. over it, which gives that... Uh, Smokiness, I think, is almost equivalent with sophistication. Sure. In in these terms, I can uh, see it now, especially now that like I finished my last uh, dram of the scotch a little bit ago, and I'm like getting the aftertaste, and I can see sure. there being like a hovering. It it is it is it. right on the top of yeah, the scotch. Yeah. There's that smokiness right on the top over the milkiness yeah. of this whole thing. Um, and and that itself being the sophistication but also hinting at something underneath yeah. everything else. Yeah. That's why I picked the scotch. Gotcha. And so that's why I think the Dalwini 15 year is a perfect scotch to drink along with Raise High the Roof Beam Carpenters and Seymour an Introduction by J.D. Salinger. Um, Excellent work. Thank you. Do you have anything else to say, or shall we wrap up? I really don't. So okay. let's wrap this up. So um, next month, gentle listener, we will be reading Ravelstein by Saul Bellow. Please feel free to read along with us. And as you read along, give us your comments. Tell us what you think of Saul Bellow's Ravelstein. 
Or really, by anything by Saul Bellow, or anything we've talked about so far. And ask us questions. Um, Please We will respond to direct questions. We will, as we we responded to Lydia this episode. Right, we may ridicule the direct questions. As um, we ridiculed Lydia. Which she deserved. (laughs) We treated We treated the serious part of her question, the kiss, marry, kill section, as, as it deserved the 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 respect it deserved and then it's true. the rest of it we treated with the ridicule it deserved the so. garbage it deserved yeah um yes so lydia take that put it in your pipe and smoke it which she will she will she, yeah yeah she really will uh, so okay <laughs> so feel free to read along with us please do uh join the discussion go to tapestryradio.org leave your comments in the contact section please put scotch talk in the subject line that really helps us to find out what you're talking about um otherwise um, we're a little confused we'll figure it out eventually really if you want to talk about it put whatever you want in the subject line uh we're we'll figure it out reading we're okay so we're we will okay figure it out. uh you might wind um, up in another podcast though if, that if, might happen so um they um, might hatch you from a pokemon egg or however that's, that works. that's true um, uh so um, as well as the contact section of the website, you know, if you want to talk back to us on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, yes. whatever, whatever, yes. any of that, we just love all we of just it. Just love it, and rate us on iTunes as well, please. Uh, and and just talk to your friends about us. Let yeah. a, let them know to to let listen. Um, any friends who like books or books like or scotch or like especially like the friends who like drinking scotch while not talking about it yeah those those friends are the, the friends, best ones those niche friends yeah. who like to drink scotch but not talk about it right uh follow That's us on we twitter we are at room with scotch um you know once again any talk back anything we we just love that we um, love it i am at bjartlett on twitter which is b-j-a-r-t-l-e-t-t uh, I am your... at M G L I L I E N T H A L on Twitter. Um, yeah, so you know, any like I don't go on Twitter that much, but like if you talk to me directly, I get a notification on my phone, which I am glued to. Right. So you know, any of that works. Um, Facebook, we love Facebook. We love Facebook we love because Facebook. we're old people. Follow us on Facebook. Share us on Facebook. Um, any of that word of mouth stuff helps us immensely. Yes. Um, and part of this too is tell your friends whatever your favorite episode so far is. Just yeah. tell them to listen to that. We don't have to listen in order. We're talking about this as yeah. episode seven. It doesn't matter that it's Whatever. episode seven, even though we ridiculed you for listening to this at or before listening to episode six. But right, like it doesn't but whatever. Listen to them in whatever you order you want, and yeah, tell your friends you to listen to these episodes in order, whatever order. Join you us want. in the Tapestry Tap Room on Facebook. Yes, um, please do the group. Tap House. That's like, Tapestry Radio the tap, tap House. Thank you. Um, that's like behind the scenes. You get the special treatment there. You get to know our special love stuff. Um. And then, f- finally, uh, go to tapestryradio.org and listen to our other shows. Uh, our audio drama podcast, Intermission, which yes. by the time this airs should have a new episode mm-hmm. out. Um, at least one. At least one. Um, <laughs> uh, we have the uh, Pokemon Rollout, the Pokemon RPG podcast. We Roll play to- Pokemon with dice. Roll to Amble is our D&D podcast. Yep. Um, they fight robots and zombies and stuff. And just every darn thing. Every um, darn thing. So yeah, just, you know, we, we've got a lot of a lot of ways to while away the hours. Uh, yeah. 
Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, Ethan, thank you for joining me this month. Well, Michael, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for drinking half of my Dahl Winnie 15 year. And uh, I look Anytime. forward... Anytime. Anytime. You're, yes. You're always welcome. <laughs> and I look forward to talking about Saul Bellow's Ravelstein next month. Uh, and with that, goodbye, S- gentle listener. With that, scotch out. Scotch out. Boom! Obscurantism and obfuscation. Orally observed, gentle listener, obviated objects of oblivion obambulating about, offered unto you in the Tapestry Radio Network. Tapestryradio.org, from our fancy to yours. (laughs) 